Psalmist David said in the 118th Psalms, this is a day which the Lord has made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. I hope you're glad you're here. I hope you're glad you're here to be on the first day of the week. I hope you're glad to be here on Mother's Day. I think you probably already understand we're going to talk about mothers. I was afraid Nathan was going to give him a whole lesson before he sat down as he went on about mothers, but I'm glad he did. Well, happy Mother's Day. When working on this lesson, I went into some history to look about Mother's Day, and I thought it was interesting, and I thought I'd start the lesson by talking about Mother's Day, the secular Mother's Day that we celebrate today. Julia Howard, who was the author of the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Now, I thought the Battle Hymn of the Republic was a song that was written during the Civil War. It was not. It was written before that. Well, she tried, and she called for an international Mother's Day celebration, but it didn't really take off, and when she passed away, it sort of died out. But what was interesting to me is Anna, uh, Anna Jarvis, after the Civil War, started trying to develop a Mother's Day. And you know why? Because she was trying to bring families together that had been separated because of the Civil War. There was more division, more hatred than we have today. It was a hard thing to do, and you know what? I think only mothers had a chance. And so she tried to get mothers together to bring families together after the separation of the Civil War. After she passed on, her daughter finally got through Congress in 1914, the National Day of Mother's Day that we celebrate today, the second Sunday of the month. What's interesting to me about that was is In 1914, women had no vote. They did not get the vote until 1920. So politicians passed this law not because they were getting after the women's vote or the women's block. They probably passed it because there were a lot of husbands who were saying, you better do something because my mother, I mean, my wife is on to me. But in any case, she used a lot of religious uh, organizations and churches, and she organized, and eventually the Congress passed this law this day that we know is Mother's Day. Now, I think that's really interesting, but what I want to really talk about this morning is the biblical mother. First of all, biblical mothers are not one day a year. We need to celebrate mothers every day. Ecclesiastes said, Thy mother is like a vine in thy blood, planted by the water. She was fruitful and full of branches by reasons of many waters. Whether we realize it or not, our mothers are imprinted in us. As it says here, they're like a vine in our blood. You can't separate us from the things that our mothers have done for us. They are part of us and will always be part of us because she's our mother. When you talk about a toddler or preschool child, you ask them what their definition of mothers is. And first of all, you probably ask tell them what definition is. But, you know, a mother is its just mother. That's all they know. <clears throat> I'm sorry. My, I hope you'll excuse my voice. This allergies get to me. She is the giver of love, the supplier of food. Where does a toddler go when they're hungry? To mother. A soft place to sleep and one who cares. Now, the older child in the home, they still understand that their mother is a giver of love and she still gets the food that they eat. They don't go hungry. But she's a confidant. There are things they can ask her and quiz her about things that they don't understand. And they can do that because she cares, and they know it. And, of course, in our modern day and time, oftentimes they're the chauffeur, and they take them around town. To the adult that's moved away from home, mother is still the giver of love, a confident one. You can ask more 
deep questions, more adult questions too, because why? She cares. And one who always expects the best out of all her children. The adult, the mother of an adult expects them to do the best at whatever job they've got, whatever schooling they're doing, whatever they're doing, you better do your best because I'm mother. For those of us that are old like myself, our mothers has passed away, but we realize by looking back that all of these things above are true. Why? Because mothers are like a vine in thy blood. <coughs> Excuse me. Are like a vine in our blood. Thank Justin for his reading this morning. And I'm not going to go over the reading and talk about the verses there. I just want to make a f- mention a few things. First of all, if you look in that scripture there, the virtuous woman, you'll find that she is the caretaker of the family. She doesn't have to worry about cold weather because she supplied clothes for her family. She doesn't have to worry about them being hungry because she went out and got food. She worked with her hands to make money. And with that money, she invested it in land so that she could have more for her family. Children called her blessed, and so did the father. The virtuous woman, the God-fearing woman, is one who takes care of her family. For that reason, mothers deserve honor. The scriptures are very plain there about that. In fact, we find in Ephesians 6, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth. Have you ever thought about the fact that God gave Moses ten commandments, the ten most important things that he wanted man to do? And one of them was to obey your mother. It's important. If you look in the law in Deuteronomy, the 21st chapter, talking about older children, disobedient older children, one that do not respect their parents, they were to be brought to the elders, and if that was a proven statement, they got stoned to death. Now, you teenagers who have your phone taken away from you because you did something your parents didn't want you to do or you don't get to use the car this weekend because you did something you want to do, that seems pretty light to getting stoned. So we changed a little bit in our life. But it was important to obey and honor your fathers and your mothers. Proverbs put it this way, the eye that mocked at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pluck it out and the young eagle shall eat it. Now, how's that for a picture? If you despise to obey your mother, you deserve to have your eyes picked out and eaten by an eagle. Obeying your mother, giving her honor, is important for a Christian man or woman or child. We need to always listen to our mothers. I know that we've got teenagers out here in the audience are saying, you know, a couple of years, three years, I'm going to leave the house and be out on my own. It's going to be great. It has nothing to do with whether you honor or you obey your mother, how old you are. One of my favorite accounts of a miracle was the one where Jesus changed water to wine. You remember the account? Mary was invited to a wedding, and she came, and Jesus was invited to that same wedding, and he came from a different place. He wasn't living in the house. Also, we know from historians that Jesus was, he certainly was a grown man. He was over 30, because you didn't start your ministry until you were 30 or older. So certainly an adult, one who was not home came to the wedding, and what happened? We know what happened. They ran out of wine. And Jesus' mother said, when they wanted wine, she said unto him, they have no wine. Now, she wasn't just telling him the the fact, saying, you know, Jesus, they didn't got any wine. It's over with. They don't have any. No, she was requesting that he do something about it. Jesus said unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. He said, it's not 
I'm not ready to be shown publicly. I'm not ready to be shown as one who can do these things publicly. It's not my time. I really liked what John says. The very next verse, he cuts to the chase. His mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Now, if you read this, Jesus hadn't said he was going to do it. But what does his mother know? His mother knew he was going to do it. Why? Because she was his mother, and she asked him to. Have you ever thought about Mary? Mary knew that Jesus was special. Mary knew that she had conceived, and it was a miraculous birth. Mary knew from the angels about this one Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, God incorporated, I'm sorry, God in person as a human. What would she call him? Son or Jesus. He was, she was his mother. And although he was 30 years old or older, she knew he was going to do what she asked. Why? Because she was mother. Mothers do whatever is necessary for their children. Seem to have patience with their children more than most men do, including me. But they'll do whatever they need to do to make sure their children are okay. An example of that we find in the Old Testament and that of Moses, a familiar scripture to us or story. Pharaoh said that all male Hebrew children were to be thrown in the river to drown, to be killed. And all the females were to be left alive to act as servants. He was worried that they were going to overcome the Egyptians. The scriptures tell us that when Moses' mother had Moses, she hid him for three months. And I don't know how you hide somebody for three months as a baby. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of uh, bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags or in the reeds by the the river's brink or the side of the river. What kind of uh, choice was that? She had a choice of having her child killed for certain or she had a choice that by some miraculous thing this infant who was put to float in the river would survive. Now we know that it was God's providence that the Pharaoh's daughter came down and took the child as her own. But when Moses' mother put the boat in the water, if you look in the story that we have in the scriptures, Pharaoh's, mother, uh, Pharaoh's daughter wasn't there. She had him there. There were crocodiles in the Nile River. But what was her choice? The choice was certain death or almost certain death. And she did the almost certain death. And in doing so, God's providence saved Moses, who eventually saved his people from the Egyptians. We find in the New Testament a story of a mother who had a daughter that the scriptures tell us was possessed with a devil. Now we find that Jesus, when he departed out of the coast of Tyre and Sidon, there was a woman. Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thy son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. He didn't pay any attention to you. It looked like, to her, it didn't look like. He just went on. That didn't discourage her too much because we find, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. She was pestering them she was following them she wasn't giving up even though they were walking on down the road but he answered and said I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel he himself Jesus said you know I'm not going to help this woman now I don't know whether he was trying her faith but certainly the way the scriptures teach us here that that he wasn't going to help her but then it says she came and worshiped him saying Lord help me 
A good lesson for all of us is you can look through the whole scriptures of the New Testament and you'll never find one time that when someone asked Jesus for help, he didn't give it. She said, help me. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but I'm sorry. She answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. I'm not so sure that most men with our pride would have said, you know, I tried. I went and talked to Jesus, and he wouldn't even answer me, ignored me. I went and talked to his disciples, and they wanted to push me out. And when I finally got to Jesus, he said, I don't, I'm not here for you. I'm here for the children of Israel. Many men in their pride would have said, I tried, and go home. But she said, whatever it took, true, Lord, yet the dog eats from the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. She said, Lord, I'm not asking for much. I'm only asking that you save my child. She was asking, she was actually asking for much. But the way she framed this was, it's just a little thing for you, Lord, to save my child. Please, the crumbs from the tables at least feed the dogs. A mother will do whatever is necessary for their child. I want to look at Proverbs, the 31st chapter. There in the first nine verses, mothers are teachers, our teachers. From the time that we are born, they teach us how to eat. They teach us how to walk. They teach us how to talk. They teach us how to dress ourselves and try our shoes. From the time that we are infants, mothers are teachers of us. This passage we find here in Proverbs, the 31st chapter, is about a king, Lemuel. His mother told him some things because she was his mother, saying, you listen to what I have to say. I want the words of the king, Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. You pay attention to what I have to say. Let's see a couple of those things. Oh, Lemuel, it's not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. The, queen, the king's mother said, you have a position, and in that position you stay away from alcohol. He says, you drink alcohol and you will pervert the judgments of the people that need you the most. There is no good decision made by a drunk, never. And Leo's mother wanted to make sure that the king knew that. You're responsible for these people, so stay sober-minded. Don't be influenced by alcohol. And then in the 8th verse, it says, Open thy mouth for the dumb and the cause of all such that are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth, mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. She said, Son, you're king. And because you're king, you have responsibility for your subjects. Now, there are a lot of kings in the world that looked down on the little people, the servants, and they worked them to death. But his mother said, don't do that. You take care of your subjects because you're king. Judge righteously and plead the cause of the people who need you the most. Now, we don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us and the history's not there. But if King Lemuel listened to his mother and did these things, his servants praised him all their lives. Because he was a righteous king. He did what was right for the people if he followed his mother's advice. I'd like to finish by speaking for a few minutes about Mary, the mother of the Savior. Obviously a special woman. Special in the fact that God chose her to deliver the Son of God. 
The scriptures tell us that all of the things that happened when she became pregnant and listened to the angel stuff, she stored in her heart. She knew who Jesus was. She knew what he was for. And yet here he is, hanging on the cross, dying. Sorry, let's go the right direction. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. She could do nothing but watch him die. How is that to feel? How would that be to feel that and that you are helpless and there seemed to be no hope? When Jesus therefore saw his mother and disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then he said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own house, home. Jesus was on the cry on the cross, dying in agony and pain. And spiritually he was carrying the sins of the world. And he looked out and said, I gotta take care of my mother. It's important. So he asked the disciple to take care of his mother, and the disciple agreed to do so, and so it was done. And he could have a sigh of relief that his mother was to be taken care of. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Evidently from the scriptures, Jesus wasn't going to die until he had taken care of his mother. If you don't think mothers are important, mothers are important. They were important to the Son of God, and they should be important to us. So if you hadn't thanked your mother today for being mother, you better do it. It's important. That's the lesson of the morning. Certainly we haven't spoke on the first principles at all, but we want to offer an invitation. And if there's someone subject to the gospel call, we ask you to come and stand as we sing a couple of verses of the song selected.